welcome to the Court and Karen podcast. I am here today with the founder and creator of iFlip Invest. His name is Randy T. And we're going to talk about why he created this, what it does, and why you should look into using it. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, Courtney. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. So we have a little video from your site that talks a little bit about what iFlip is, and it might get some contact for the audience. So we're going to play that, and then we will chat. No one knows where the market's going next. So how can long-term stock and ETF investors like you stay protected? What if you could use artificial intelligence to minimize your losses, maximize your profit, and automate your investing? Enter iFlip, an automated investment platform designed to minimize your portfolio risk. By limiting your exposure to the market's worst days, iFlip may help you save an average of 24% during market crashes and generate even better returns when the market recovers. iFlip's proprietary smart folios are baskets of stocks and ETFs protected by artificial intelligence. When iFlip gets a signal to buy or sell an investment, it does so automatically without you having to lift a finger. You can change your strategy or withdraw at any time. And with transparent subscription-based pricing, you'll never be caught off guard. No hidden fees, no strings attached. With iFlip, there's never been a better time to take a second look at your portfolio. This sounds incredible. Um, I, I love how I was talking about how it makes things easier, that it can save you money from the market crashes. Um, now, I was saying how like a lot of my audience is very familiar with me talking about my concerns about AI. Uh, you know, I usually say that I, that my thoughts, uh, having studied some of the elite techs and, you know, heard from their own mouths what they've said, it sounds like what they're looking to do is create an, you know, a transhuman leading to post-human world that's controlled by an AI hybrid mind that they program, and then we're all siloed in the metaverse. And that sounds like a very dystopian world, not one I want any part of. <laughs> so, um, so I have a lot of concerns about AI, but I feel like there's, with it's a very powerful tool, right? And any powerful tool can be used for good. It can be used for evil. It's really about the intentionality behind it and who's programming the AI. So yeah, so this sounds like if we're, you know, I don't want to say to like necessarily use it against them, but if we can create, if we can use a tool uh, that's as powerful as AI and use it for to empowering humans for humanity to help them be more free, more sovereign, um, to be able to own the fruits of their labor. Uh, all of that sounds really good to me. So, yeah. So tell me how, how this is possible. <laughs> yeah, we're not, we didn't build the Terminator. So we're clear we don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, iFlip was created with a purpose, though. Yeah. And we're very intentional about you know, leveling the playing field. We want to make sure that the average person who's been taught Mm -hmm. forever that buy and hold is the only way to invest. Leave your money in. Don't touch it. We're, pardon the pun, flipping that idea on its head. And we're very intentional about that because we know that the myths of Wall Street, they permeate the world. Mm-hmm. You know, and the model of buy and hold, all it does is it empowers Wall Street to push the risk of owning stocks off to Main Street, mm-hmm. which is you, me, everybody that's got a 401k and any of the major 
money managers are taking part in that. Yeah, so I've definitely heard this term buy and hold. Um, and, you know, it's a it's very concerning because I feel like most people don't really even understand what the market is. So they they've just been kind of programmed. You're supposed to turn over your money to, you know, a person, a team, let them manage it. And even when we see really volatile markets where it's going up, down, sideways, and we don't know what's happening and your money looks like it's just getting completely, you know, disintegrated, um, they tell you, don't worry, you just hold and, uh, you know, you'll be fine. It'll You'll win in the end. But the other part of that that's a little bit uh, confusing, you know, I understand the idea of holding money to build for future and, uh, of course, for posterity, but there's also the concerned that what happens if you hold for all that time and it doesn't go up, it doesn't appreciate or doesn't really uh, outrun inflation, um, which is also a big concern. So, yeah. It's a legitimate concern. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. (laughs) Buy and hold puts us in a position. Now, we could get lucky. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, if, if luck's the game we're in, let's right. go to Vegas. Um, <laughs> right, right. But but we could get lucky. If yeah. you get lucky and you get like a, a, you know, from 2009 to 2019, you get that 10 year run. Right. Uh, you could be in a good spot. Sure. But we don't know that that's going to happen. What's protecting us mm-hmm. against 2007 and 8, against 2020, against mm-hmm. 2022? What's protecting the average person? Those are 10-year events. Yeah. What I mean by a 10-year event, it means if you buy and hold, we like to call it park and pray. If you you buy and hold. Yeah, park and pray. Exactly. um, You end up in a position where you get really close to retirement. Mm -hmm. And what happens? You just absorb a 10-year event. Mm -hmm. So now you got to work more or retire on less. Mm -hmm. And they don't address that. The current model does not address it. 100 years ago this was the best we had mm-hmm. that that's that's a fact right today though if you think that blackrock and right. morgan stanley are investing their own money mm-hmm. the way they're telling the average person to the way they're setting up 401ks and yeah. the way they're doing that if you think that's what they're doing with their money they're not right right so one of the you talk about these like big events right they're mm-hmm. usually kind of crashes or they, they call them recessions, but you're definitely seeing a, a downturn in the market. You know, yeah. of course, there was a big uh, 29 event as well. Yes. And what they often don't talk about when I, I mean, at least, and I've actually, because of the research I've done, I've called out my money managers and I've said, well, what about the planning that occurs? Yeah. Um, because they don't tell you about how most of those events were planned. Yeah. And, uh, you not. know, right. That, that would not behoove them. But they, they are. So it's a, how do, so if they're planned, I think then there's a real concern for the average person who knows very little about finance, knows even less about how the markets work, uh, but wants to protect their money. And that's what people have been trained to do is you, especially Americans, you know, you put it in the stock market and you'll be protected. But if they're planning and they're managing these types of events, then what's to say that they're not planning and managing, you know, really to enslave us all we've been conditioned Mm -hmm. we've you know the the term sheep gets overused i think sure but really that's what's happened Mm -hmm. they've created an economy a a group of people the masses we'll call them that buy and hold leave it don't touch it you can't time the market and they've conditioned everybody that tries to do it on themselves by Mm -hmm. themselves to buy out of fomo 
you know, fear of missing out. Mm -hmm. So the individual folks, you look at the big run up Robin Hood had the big yeah. fear of missing out. Oh, it's going up. I got to buy, 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 buy. Right. Oh crap. It's going down. I got to sell, 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 sell. And they're buying out of FOMO. Right. They're selling out of fear. And all that does is support the conditioning mm -hmm. of buy and hold. Right. And so it's playing into the hands of the industry. And like I said, they are passing the risk. Wall Street passes the risk of investing mm -hmm. to Main Street through these behaviors. Either A, you give it to an advisor. Mm -hmm. They put it in a fund right. that buys and hold. Right. That's one option. Or two, try and do it yourself. Think you're so smart? Do it yourself. Mm -hmm. Well, now we're conditioned. We have an innate ability to be very afraid of what we're missing. Sure. And then become very afraid of what we're losing. Sure. So instead of buy low, sell high, we buy high, sell low. Mm -hmm. And guess who benefits from that? The institutions, the right. billionaires. And we were built to take the human element out of that mm -hmm. so that it's a mathematical decision. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so talk about that with the AI. So now it's math. Um, so you don't have a human who's making a commission, who's incentivized uh, to ride those waves. And obviously, you know, they, they capitalize on a lot of these, uh, a lot of the, the, the buying and selling the highs and lows absolutely and the shorts they do. And all of that. Yeah. They absolutely do. So if you think about the math, all right, what is, what is the math? The mm -hmm. math is simply a, a risk mm -hmm. number. Right. Everybody always asks me the simple question. So how did your software perform? How did the AI do? What's mm -hmm. its performance record? Right. Wrong question. Question is, how did it perform relative to the risk took to get it? Right. If you only care about performance, mm -hmm. go to Vegas or buy a lottery ticket. Right. Because the performance of that, if you buy a lotto ticket and you win, there's no better performance. Sure. Right. Doesn't exist that I know of, not legally. Mm -hmm. And so it's not about that. What risk did you take mm -hmm. to get it? Right. And so our our software, our AI, is programmed to mitigate risk. Mm -hmm. And we use the we use the moniker all the time. We say protection actually equals performance. Mm -hmm. When you skip those big dips, right. you are setting yourself up for long-term success. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. So that, that's how we're designed. And right. we're designed to help the people protect themselves from themselves. What so, do you mean by that? Well, there's no FOMO. Okay, right. The AI yeah. is doing it. Right. And, and when you think about it mathematically, we are not just an algorithm. Mm -hmm. What you see out on the market today where people promote themselves as having AI, let our AI yeah. do this for you, right. it's not AI. It's an algorithm. Right. Simple algorithm. And algorithms are good. Sure. We like algorithms. An algorithm is better than a human because it's going to, again, take the emotion right. out of it. There's no FOMO. An algorithm right. doesn't have FOMO. Doesn't sure. care. And then I do just want to interject with this because I know we talked about this before yeah. we started recording that, you know, uh, this is not to like denigrate all money managers. Like, no. A lot of them do really honor their fiduciary responsibility. A lot of them are very invested, very knowledgeable, and can do great work. But yeah, many are, yeah. and this is not a disparaging. Yeah. We're also a tool for advisors. Sure, yeah, we're a tool for advisors right. that they can use our tool, yeah, and save their clients mm -hmm. money mm -hmm. and perform as good or better than the traditional way. Mm -hmm. The other big thing where uh, we missed the ball mm -hmm. 
and that AI can help a ton yeah. is that word diversification. Okay. You know, things like mutual funds are uh, designed to be very diversified, hundreds of stocks in there. And the moniker is if you have a whole bunch, you reduce your risk. Mm -hmm. The reality of it is, though, mathematically, yeah. the more diversified you are, mm -hmm. the more your portfolio will behave mm -hmm. just like the market. Right. So. Yeah. And the more mitigated your risks are. Yeah. So you're you're not helping yourself by diversifying. Mm -hmm. You would be better off going and getting a free E-Trade account buy the S&P mm -hmm. and leave that alone. It's going to do about the same without any fees that you'll get from a traditional advisor. Like you said, though, not all advisors are created equal. Right. Some actually manage money. Right. If right. they're actually managing it, they're doing the work, good on them. Right. And that's, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Sure. You know, that is just a, a very educated, smart human mm -hmm. doing what our AI is doing for the masses. That educated, smart human can't do it for a thousand people, though. Right. So who those really good advisors, do you think they're taking the accounts of the guy that's got five grand to invest? Probably not. <laughs> no, because they charge very yeah. differently than we do. Sure. They charge an asset-based fee. Right. So we say a couple of things. One, we're better. Mm -hmm. We know in general we're going to outperform with less risk than mm -hmm. your traditional fund-managed approach. Okay. That's number one. Yeah. Number two, we're a whole lot cheaper because we don't charge an asset fee. Right. We don't charge commissions. We don't charge trade fees. There's no hidden fees anywhere. Mm -hmm. Purely transparent, purely SaaS, in most cases, cheaper than you would pay for your Netflix. Mm -hmm. Right. And SaaS is a software, software as a service. Yeah, we're a software as a service. We're a software right. company offering right. a tool to the right. masses. Yeah, that's great. So... When you say that um, it it will outperform, how is that and why is that? Is it because the fee is taken away? I mean, you just don't have a fee, but it's much lower. Correct. Right? Yeah, yeah, we got to make money too. Right, right. Yeah, obviously. But. So yeah, there's, it's a combination. Mm -hmm. uh, if you skip the dips, mm -hmm. give you a perfect example. Yeah. Late December of 2019, whatever was going on in the markets, yeah. our AI said, you know, danger, Will Robinson. And it took about 85% of the money mm -hmm. out of the market, moved it into cash. Everybody's like, what's going on here? Mm -hmm. Well, then COVID hit early January. What happened in the market? Mm. Like 22%. Yeah. The AI bought back in almost 100%, not fully, but a big bunch of that bought back uh, March 17th right around the bottom now we're not typically designed the the thought isn't to try and time it to catch right. the bottom we just did right which is amazing yeah. and you know we missed some of the top a little bit 2018 sure. the ai sold out in october okay christmas eve we had a big crash right skipped it so if you can skip those big events yeah over time you're going to do better by protecting yourself. Because you're not going to lose as much. So, so the average is going to be raised. The effect of compounding over time. So sure. simple math. Mm -hmm. so you got $100. And the market goes down 50%. Right. Now you got $50. Right. But if you sold that when it was worth 90 before it got to 100 mm -hmm. and you sold it, yeah. and then you waited 
and you bought back when it came back up to 60, you've actually added to the spread. Yeah. You missed the hundred, you missed the top point. You know, another thing advisors say a lot is that if you miss, saw the exact numbers, I don't want to give you statistics because I don't know it off the top of my head, but if mm -hmm. you miss the 10 best days over a 20 year period, mm -hmm. it's going to cost you like an enormous amount. It's something like a million dollar investment. Mm -hmm. If you just bought and held the S and P over the last 20 years, it'd be worth about 5 million bucks right now. Mm -hmm. If you miss the 10 worst, uh, 10 best days, it'd be worth around two and a half million mm -hmm. just by missing 10 days in the market. That's where they give you the argument. You can't time it. Don't try to guess. Right. But they don't tell you the rest of the story. If you also miss the 10 worst, you're not going to have 5 million. You're going to have 10. So missing the big downs right. is more important than trying to time the highs. And that's something they never tell you. They tell you, don't worry, just hold, just it'll you, come back worry, up. Don't hold. worry about it. I, I yeah, <laughs> it's so crazy. I remember hearing like, you know, someone was telling, uh, you know, that, that, well, overall you're up and like, you're, you're doing the mountain. You're like, yeah, but. I was this far down. Now I'm back to where I was, but that's, that's not up. Like, yeah, that's how know? that's the spin. Yeah. That's like, the spin. Okay. That's not really up. <laughs> they also don't share all the fees with you because they don't have to. Right. And right. if you've ever looked at a financial statement, I would challenge anybody listening to this to do this. Right. Go figure out how much you paid in fees all the way through right. to what the mutual fund charged to what, the money manager charged, who's not mm -hmm. the advisor. Right. The advisor gives the money to a manager who charges a fee, who puts it into a fund that charges a fee based on whatever institution it was in. Right. There's a lot of compounding fees. Oh, it's yeah. and that compounding loss mm -hmm. becomes significant. Another area is if you choose on our platform, you can pay your monthly fee with a credit card. So now you never take money out of the thing you're trying to grow, oh, which right. is very sacrilege. You should never touch that. Yeah. Right. Keep the principle. Cause if you take a dollar out of it today, yeah, doesn't cost you a dollar, mm -hmm. cost you that dollar's earning capability tomorrow. Right. Of course. And the next day and the next day and the next day, in the next 20 years, sure. It's a significant cost. Put it on a credit card. Mm -hmm. We eat the extra fee. We don't charge you more to put it on a credit card. Like right. a lot of places do, but you save a compounding effect of significance. Yeah, no, that's great. So speaking of AI, a lot of people are very concerned about the digitization of money, potentially, you know, the CBDCs coming down. Um, yep. Yeah. And of course, like the digital IDs and all of that that's being, yeah. So how, how, how do you think that's going to affect the market? How would uh, this come into play? It's going to benefit the government. Yeah. As they force it upon us. Mm -hmm. So do you think it's inevitable? I hope not. Right. Uh, but I, I think a version of it is inevitable. Mm -hmm. We are pressing very hard to get into a cashless society. Yeah. My personal opinion, that's all it is. Right. I'm sure. not, it is, that's a bad move. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a fan of it. I'm not either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just not. I, I've been to... Uh, if I go into a restaurant or a, a Starbucks right. or something and they say they won't take cash, I won't shop. Right. Yeah. It's a legal tender. If they it's have legal to. Tender, they have to. They actually have to. Um, 
but they choose not to. Right. Well, what they'll tell, when you press them, at least my experience, I, I've had this experience a couple of times. Um, and when you press them, they'll tell you, yes, you're right. It's legal tender. We do have to take it, but we don't have to give you exact change in return. I'll tell you this mm -hmm. little tip for everybody watching or listening. Mm -hmm. uh, at Starbucks will probably track me down for this, but I, I've done this several times at Starbucks mm -hmm. and they've just gave me my coffee. Have they really? <laughs> like I don't, I don't carry cards. I have yeah. cash. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and you just keep it. So. All right. Well, I did not have that experience. They told me they were going to keep my uh, change. <laughs> and I said, okay, we'll get exact change for you then. Oh. We'll just make you wait. <laughs> I haven't had that experience. So yeah. I'm not going to wood. Wow. Well, I definitely <laughs> encourage people to try using cash. But what do you think will happen if, uh, so what do you think is the future of, I, I, the other questions I was concerned with are like just the dollar in general, the markets in general. Do you think that, I mean, some people are concerned the markets are going to you know crash altogether so that they can force some sort of a CBDC type of UBI type of plan. Um, and then, of course, what's going on with some of these, you know, bigger banks either having technological, in quotes, issues or, you know, being uh, some of the mid-sized banks being subsumed by the Bigger banks, yeah. I think we're going to continue to see consumption by mm -hmm. the bigger banks. Mm -hmm. We're going to end up with the top five or six. I, I really do. It's mm -hmm. really hard for banks. And part of the information RAI looks at yeah. is foreclosure numbers, okay. interest rates, right? You know, credit card debt, um, car foreclosures. Mm -hmm. Those are just signs yeah. to what's coming. What we've got is a bit of a hangover right now, especially in America. Okay. Our our government decided mm -hmm. over the last several years to dump billions, trillions, actually, of dollars mm -hmm. into the ecosystem. And we're living off that. Right. We're not, we're still, if you look at the consumer numbers, yeah. they're still going out to dinner. They're still traveling. Yeah. But they're not making more money. Right. And stuff's gotten much more expensive. So yeah. credit card debt has went from, you know, hundreds of millions to billions. Literally, it's went from when... In what time frame? Since the current administration took charge, we've Holy. went from 400 million to over a billion in credit card debt. Wow. So what does that tell you? It tells you people are living on credit cards. Yeah. And people are investing on credit cards. People are putting their kids through school on credit cards. They're making house payments. So now what we're starting to see mm -hmm. is there's the housing shortage is what we hear about. And there's lots of new building. Right. What they don't tell you about is that previously owned homes aren't being sold as much. Mm -hmm. They're just not. Well, one, people have good interest rates, so they don't want to sell. Right. Those that are forced to sell can't find buyers. Why? Because the value has gone up so much. And the jobs have not. Uh, the inflation is eating us alive. Right. And we don't notice it. Right. It's really more like a hyperinflation. It combined is. Combined with stagflation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's where it's going. And mm -hmm. so, again, my opinion. I don't. Mm -hmm. Sure. Uh, you know, I just, I, I know what our AI says. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I know what my business partner says. And he's pretty smart. That mm -hmm. uh, it, it's coming. You know, it's coming. We're, we're probably going to have a Santa Claus rally and it's going to, the market's going to look good through yeah. Christmas and through the first part of the year. Look towards the end of the first quarter and see where we're at. Mm 
Right. You know, so. So what, what can people do then? And I mean, if they're using something like this, their money's still in a market, right? So maybe. What? Maybe. Okay. So what not are, always. Okay. We uh, our AI and our yeah. smart we call them smart folios. Okay. They treat cash as a position. Okay. So if it's statistically likely that you're going to get more than a ten percent drop in mm -hmm. the in the not so distant future, right? It'll take you out of the market. Right now, our AI has us out of almost everything that's not an energy stock. Or something producing a high dividend. Mm -hmm. If it has a high dividend or it's producing, it's an energy stock, right. still in. So you, even if the market were to crash or the dollar were to, I mean, if you have cash, then the dollar. If you have cash, then the right. dollar goes down too. Yes. Right. But the, but if the market were to crash, you technically still have what you have. Correct. That's a huge buffer. That's the idea. Yeah. And that's a buffer that the, that money managers don't know you know why i mean they some may but yeah you but know why they don't because they get paid on what assets yeah exactly management. right i was just saying they're not incentivized <laughs> to, right yeah. there's no incentive for them to so, yeah unless they're really just just as an honor to the fiduciary responsibility and they foresee it and they may do that but that's not independence right. will do that sure ones with big institutions won't because the big institution have the products the funds that also right. charge fees that the advisors are mandated to invest in. Right. Right. Makes it difficult. Yeah. You know, if you can only, it'd be most advisors it would be the equivalent of going to Burger King mm -hmm. and ordering a Big Mac. Can't mm -hmm. do it. They only sell Whoppers. Right. Right. That's, that's, that's the reality of it though. Yeah. Uh, they don't have a choice. They can't run over to McDonald's and get mm -hmm. you a Big Mac. Mm -hmm. uh, they have to sell you a whopper. Do you think, right, of course. <laughs> do you think that the dollar is going to crash? Like, do you think things like bricks? Do you think like the CBDCs will affect it? What, I'm, the, 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 the war they're trying to foment between, yeah. We are lucky still. Yeah. Okay. Um, in America. Yeah. We, we have something that bricks does not okay. called the U.S. military. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, when you try to figure out what is it backed by, what's yeah. Brazil really going to do? Mm -hmm. you know, even China and Russia, what are they really going to do? Or India? Mm -hmm. We're we're still a a bigger dog at the moment. Right. We're trending the wrong way. We are. We are definitely yeah. trending the wrong way. Yeah. Um, is it inevitable that it's going to happen? I don't know. Yeah. I know there's going to make be a major effort and. Mm -hmm this young generation you don't know what they're going to do mm -hmm. and, and so i hope not right i hope not yeah um, i think we, we all yeah, bet. Uh, bet. the the dollar is uncharacteristically strong at the moment yeah. almost too strong mm -hmm. so now we can't now it's messing up our import our export yeah sure um you know i had a, a one of our executives on our team just went on vacation in japan mm -hmm. and compared to their currency our dollar was it was awesome for them sure you know so if you're traveling abroad you yeah. want the dollar to be like that of course, but that's yeah. not what it's all about it's about the sake of the country right. for the sake of the country we, it needs to come down yeah. uh, a little bit it definitely does mm -hmm. is it going to crash next year i don't think so yeah. i think there's too much liquid out there mm -hmm. and what we're doing to force people you know, and we still have so many people that don't won't participate in digital currencies you mm -hmm. know you'll you you start pushing the envelope towards 
war. Right. You know, uh, I don't think we're there yet. And, you know, knock on wood, it doesn't get, we're heading that direction though. We are heading that I, direction. I won't argue with anybody that says we're heading that direction. Yeah. Um, it seems like that's what the, the they seem to want. Yeah. It feels that way, doesn't it? Right. Yeah. Uh, it feels sure. that way, doesn't it? If you watch any mainstream media, mm-hmm. it feels like they're trying to push us and they're, they're trying to start a fight. Mm-hmm. They're trying to start a fight. They're really stoking tensions on both sides. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is. It un- seems like they're trying to get the United States engaged. Oh, they are. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, they've already gotten us financially engaged uh, way more than we should be, but that's the first step. Me too. Exactly. Now they have to justify it, though. Now now it's got to be this is why, and we're not going to stand for it. Mm -hmm. And they're going to, you know, the pressure on the political system is going to get more and more. It's getting pretty hot in there. Definitely. Definitely. (laughs) What are your thoughts about the, the? because the petrodollar looks like it's uh, in jeopardy as well. And that will definitely have an impact on the dollar. And of course, on well, yeah. anything with the word petro in it yeah. has an impact on the dollar. Right. You know, on a global scale. And sure. our friends in Russia are mm-hmm. very intent. You know, Putin's idea mm-hmm. is to create that universe where they're trading on their own currencies yeah. and they're off the dollar. Yeah, and you know, they're backing it by they're gold. They're backing it by oil, gold or oil. Or the, oil, right. You know, yeah. and if Putin and Bricks has, is backing it by gold too, but it's a yeah, little... Yeah, Bricks is a little different, yeah. but it's the the idea is that they, they get us off of the U.S. dollar right. as the global, you know, standard. Right. And if that happens, we have we have two options. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if they truly implemented that mm-hmm. we would have to pay our debt as a country mm-hmm. which is or impossible or go to or go to full-blown war which would require the kind with the big mushrooms uh that's the only way out right. there's no other path in there that i see and i'm again just my opinion right right but i know a little bit about it and i know that if it if they're able to pull that off you know what's the likelihood that we can pay our debt Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is the likelihood? I don't think it's possible. Yeah, it doesn't seem. You like know, it. Um, not without giving up. I mean, mm-hmm. we could pay it. It'd be very expensive. I, but can we turn everything it? off? Would be even be. I don't even see how sure. that defund the military, defund the police, defund all the social programs, defund state governments, and I, do, even <laughs> then, though, I mean, do we even have the we generate enough. We could get to it. We could. But it okay. would be, what happens if you turn off all the services? You turn off the police and the fire and the yeah. military. And you can't turn off the military. Right. If we turn off the military, we have nothing left to protect us. Right. It's just so unfortunate when you look at what funding the military. It's like when you think about funding the defense and you fund also just the infrastructure. And a lot of it is optics, too. You yes, know, just absolutely. The of that, which should not be undermined because there's a lot of value in that, obviously. Correct. Um, But then you look at the, what the military does and how much of these covert, you know, black ops budgets that we later learn oftentimes are weaponized against us. Absolutely. You know, but we're funding that. And there's so, it's just exorbitant amount of money that goes towards. Insane. Yeah. And it's not tracked. 
Right. Yeah. So when you say like turn off the military, there's, there's this part of my brain that goes, well, <laughs> some of that wouldn't be so bad. But some because of it would it's not be. being tracked, we, we have no... Uh, but if we just turn it all off and we tell everybody that's on an aircraft carrier to go home, right? You don't have a job anymore, right? No, I'm not. I'm not advocating that. But I'm saying that even if we were to look at it, because just this, in my opinion, there's a huge, gross misappropriation of funds. You know, yeah. And so, but we, and if we were to, you know, redirect some of that or to, you know, take off some of that. There, there would be a huge uh, relief financially. Uh, but because, oh. as you said, it's not tracked. We have no way. We don't have metrics to know. We don't even know. Where to begin with that. Yeah. That's, th- that's the problem. Yeah. The lack of transparency around that yeah. stuff. Um, but they're and- told that they can't be transparent. It's for our safety. Don't you worry. They're, they're protecting us. Yes. I mean, <laughs> that, that, that is what they tell us. That, that is what they say. They, they say that, you know, if they were to be transparent about where this money is going and what these operations are, then uh, people couldn't actually handle it and that we would have mass chaos. And There's probably some element of truth I, to yeah. it. I don't, I don't think I, it's 100% false. Uh, yeah. I think I think people are capable of handling a lot more than they And I also think that the, the bills and the way our yeah. government writes them, they're mm-hmm. so either 400 pages. Oh, thousands sometimes. Who could even go through and look they, at all And a lot of times they hand it to them the night before. You think they're reading that? No. And do you think it was really written in the time frame that they lead us to believe? Nope. No. It's written years before. It's ready to go. Ready to go. And they make like little tweaks. and. I, I always joke and I say, you know, I could solve a lot of our problems if all bills at Congress had to be one page, sure. 12, 12 font. Front yeah, yeah, seriously. <laughs> that would solve a lot of problems because everybody could read it and understand it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, won't ever happen. No, it's but, not gonna happen. But, but but it would it would make things nice. Yeah, no, it would. And I think you're <laughs> right. I think it would solve a lot of problems. Yeah. Um then, then at least we're dealing because I think so many of the problems that we're faced with, we don't even know because and they don't even know. The people who are signing off on it don't know because they there's no way they could physically read these things. No, so it's not, it's not possible. So, and then the public definitely doesn't know. No. Uh, I always put that. I mean, I've gone through some of these uh, bills and you know, trying to find very specific things, and I'm like, you know, it, it's on page 1,035. Like, you know, screenshot things, but it's like this is how dense these things are. There's yeah. just no way. And oftentimes, you find things in there that have nothing to do with what the bill purports to be about. Often, like every every <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, it's just a way to they just sneak things in yep so yep and 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 our our government and our media has a very specific intent to polarize Mm -hmm. everybody yeah on on all sides oh yeah it's not just a one-way street no uh it is very much presented in a right wrong manner yeah you know they're right i'm i'm right they're wrong yeah you know and both sides Live well, that. right. And it's, uh, I mean, I, I talk a lot about this on my show. Like, it's, okay. it's a dialectic. Yes. And, uh, you know, that that's designed to create the uh, synthetic solution. Absolutely. Yeah. Because 100%. You want to create the hyper polarity so yeah. that they can then. Yeah. And, you know, there's no tolerance for anything that's not 100% your way. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Got to find a way around that, too. 
Yeah, for sure. We definitely, I talk about have taking people outside of the, you know, the dialectical paradigms that they present because yeah. that's really where I think the solutions are. If we can just step outside of it. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting. There's, there's, I'll give you guys, a, your listeners a little trick here for okay. themselves. Yeah. And if they try it on themselves, yeah. it'll be very interesting. Pick four or five statements or topics that you've heard that people have shared with you mm-hmm. that are on the opposite side of your view. It doesn't matter. It could okay. be a sports team or a family. It, sure. it doesn't have to be political. And just replace the need to be right. Right. Like, I'm right. You're wrong. Right. Replace that with, huh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm quite curious as to how you can actually see it yeah. that way. Right. And then listen. Sure. Doesn't doesn't mean you're making yourself wrong. Doesn't mean right. you're switching camps. Yeah. But if you do that, what will happen is that person will step in. Mm-hmm. Of course. They'll yeah. they will feel hurt. You're, you're no longer putting them on the offense. Yeah. There's defense. no need to do that. And just keep asking questions. There's yeah. two magic words. You probably do this all the time as a <laughs> as a interviewer. Okay. Uh, when somebody is talking about that and they're starting to, you know, become open, mm-hmm. and they stop. Right. You probably have this happen a lot where people don't continue with the thing because exactly. they don't want to get in trouble. They don't right. want to say too much. Incriminate themselves. Yep. Yeah. Yep. The way you keep it about them is you use the words, say more. Mm-hmm. You don't say, tell me more because mm-hmm. now it's about me. Right. Don't say, I want to know more because uh-huh. now it's about I. Interesting. Just yeah. say more. Psychologically, they'll start, they'll lean in. Right. So anybody listening, when you next time you have that conversation, sure. lean in and Use the two words, mm-hmm. say more. And you will be surprised how that just breaks down walls. Yeah. And at least it creates collaboration. Yeah. And it's it's so hard when someone's so righteous and they just yeah. they and they will generally want to listen to you as well. That gives you the opportunity right. to not make them wrong, mm-hmm. but explain how it occurs to you. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that if people approached more with curiosity, genuine curiosity, genuine. we would, yeah. And I, I think we would evolve a lot further. Um, we would. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to sing Kumbaya no. and, and hug hands and, and no, in fact, get through the tulip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. No, in fact, oftentimes when I have, because I have, you know, just most of my life I've been surrounded by uh, opposition, you know, so I've usually been in environments where like, I'm the only person who thinks the way I think. And so I, I've found, you know, I many times thought to myself, Oh, it'd be so much easier if I just thought like them. So I would really try, I would genuinely be like, why do you think this way? Like it made no sense to me, Yeah. you know? So I would genuinely approach it that way. Like, I want to know why. So maybe. Convert. And uh, if I converted, then, you know, maybe. Like my life would be easier and uh, I'd have more friends, you know? Yeah. Um, so I've genuinely done that. And what I've found, you know, there are times where I've, you know, been like, oh, okay, actually I see things a little differently now, but more often than not, what's actually happened is I've become uh, more reinforced in my position, but now I have, I'm better able to make a more cogent argument and uh, defend my conviction more clearly because now I've, I've learned how to articulate because I understand from their position, what they, why they think what yep. they think and where the holes in the argument of how I was conveying what I believe or what I think to them. hundred yeah. percent. And then it will also allow you better words yeah, exactly. of enrollment. Totally. And yeah. not words of combat. Yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, it's so necessary. Well, I'm, so your firm also works with crypto, right? So we do. You do. Okay. So I'm curious how, how that comes, how that works. And I'm also curious what your thoughts are on uh, the crypto market and, you know, someone, I'll just share a little bit of my concern with it. I, you know, I like the idea of the decentralization. I like, you know, some of the blockchain privacy uh, that, you know, can be enabled through yep. a, a crypto type currency. But I'm also concerned that it could be co-opted and, uh, you know, converted right into like, you know, regulated so that only one could be used. And that one becomes, of course, the CBDC. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. We're going that way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I believe we are going that way. Yeah. Um, there will be one left standing at the end. Um, now, what that is, I, I don't know. Sure. Uh, but definitely we're going to go that way for one main reason. It allows government control. Yeah. You know, re- regulation is, and uh, you know, I bite my tongue when I say mm-hmm. this, it's a, it's a necessary evil to some degree. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't allow the Wild West to run amok. Because people just get mm. scammed and taken advantage of, mm. and they they do, yeah. and it's, it I, you know you don't want to you want to give people more credit, sure. But I so many times I've seen time and time again, you know we'll get you five percent a month, uh-huh. put your money over here in this special mm-hmm. new crypto thing, and it just vanishes, it goes to some bank in Malta or something, and they never get it back. Uh. So they're <laughs> yeah. all over the place, sure, and. So some sense of regulation is necessary. Mm-hmm. Overregulation is always a problem. Right. You know, and it's also who's regulating and what are the regulations? Of course, that's the problem. <laughs> Who do the regulations benefit? <laughs> that's always the problem. Of course, yeah. You know, they hide behind on protecting everybody. Of course. Which maybe they are. That does probably happen some. Sure. But it's for the benefit of the back doors and the benefit yeah. of special interests and the benefit well, of big government. Which right. is a problem. Of course. So I'm all for anything that does not give our government more control. Yeah. Of course. Um, at the same time, I'm also for anything that can protect a little guy. It's kind of where why we've built the company the way we've built yeah. it. Yeah. No, that that's what's most interesting to me about it is because I think right now the you know, it's really the the general, you know, like lower class, middle class. Even honestly, even some of the upper middle class, because there's such disparity right now between like, you know, between what's happening with inflation and with the markets. And, you know, there's a very big difference between even somebody who like somebody who's very poor might think of somebody who's upper middle class as being very wealthy. There's a very big difference between that person, what they have access to and their ability to have, you know, to, to have wealth generation, you know, like. For, for future, which is what a lot of those people are concerned about. A lot of them have spent their lives building that money and they want to be able to protect it for their families. And there's a huge difference between what those people have access to and the, you know, parasite elite, quote unquote, elite class. The people that have, you know, what do you say? They have two com- two digits to the left of the second comma. Right. That group of people, like one-tenth of a percent, it's not the one percent. Right. The one percent only make like 125 grand exactly. a year. Exactly. Yeah. Not, exactly. The one percent is not the problem. No. The one percent's actually the ones carrying the heavy load. I know that. That's really what I was getting at. They're really carrying a tremendous amount of the burden with a lot of the 
hamstrings. Like they're they're the ones who have a lot of restraints they, on them. They've got all of it. Yeah, they're it's really a, it's a heavy work. load. Yeah. Uh, that's the that is the problem. They are yeah. not the multi billionaires. Right. They live in a different world. Yeah, they do. Yeah, totally, totally different world. They play yeah. by different rules. Yeah, they do a lot of things differently. The best we can do is educate ourselves. Yeah. And try to take advantage of the tools we have, right. which we do have good tools in this country. If you know, for people sure. who set up trusts properly, mm -hmm. set up corporations properly, right. you can mitigate some of that. But you, st it's still a different game. Yeah, we're just playing a different game. Yeah. yeah. So all this to say, that's what that's what really interests me about what you're doing is that it does give them a little bit of a leverage to be able to have access to some of the tools um, that you know some of the what we have is the type of tools mm -hmm. that the elite have. Yeah. Because they're not available That's what it to the public. Like. Yeah. They're not available yeah. to in, even institutions. Um, yeah. This is something that I'm sure it exists in other places. Sure. But it's not available to the masses. Right. No, definitely not. That's yeah. a problem. Yeah, that is so, a problem. We'll see. I always make the joke also, say it on camera. I mm -hmm. expect to wake up with a horse head in my bed. <laughs> <laughs> Right, right. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you know, I don't want to be that guy, but you know, you got to do what's right. Yeah. You know, do the right thing, help as many as we can. Yeah. This is a way you can, we can all do it. Yeah. And to help uh, provide a little bit more freedom more to the freedom. Two individuals. Yeah. Yeah. More opportunity. And more opportunity. I think that says that somewhere in our constitution. It does. <laughs> it, it, that, that documents that's being trampled, it yeah. looks like. Yeah. If you can push it out. Yeah. It's in there somewhere. Yeah. I know a lot of people talk about, you know, we need like a, uh, we need, I, I think what we really need is restoration. Like, you know, people talk about revolution and I'm really not a fan of revolution. Oftentimes you look through history and people don't really understand that most revolution, I, I, I hesitate to say all. Because um, there's always an organic element, but if you really look at, you know, revolutions throughout history, they've been organized and funded um, by the same people who are trying to enslave us all. So, power grab. Yeah, it's a power grab. Yeah. And, you know, that doesn't mean that there's no organic element. Obviously, that's what they capitalize on. They, they use that. They seize that as an opportunity in order to uh, co-opt it. Yeah. So there has to be some genuine, authentic... Uh, element because that's what appeals to the emotionality and uh, emotions is what we prey on mm -hmm. and you know again we wanted to build a machine that can learn mm -hmm. can get better yeah and takes the emotion out of it right yeah takes the emotion out of it i don't want people... and the incentive out of it because the machine learning doesn't have that's one thing they're not motivated they don't have it doesn't yet. it doesn't care it right. just cares about what it was originally programmed to do, which is avoid the right. big dips. Right. Avoid Are there any risks, like, with the using the AI and using the this kind of a service? I mean, I'm sure there are some, but well, we there... don't ever touch the money. Okay. We're an, we're not an advisor. Uh, right. We're a software company. Right. We act on your behalf as the end user. Mm -hmm. So you are telling a licensed broker. Mm -hmm who has all the insurances, same as a bank, sure. to let the software execute for you. Okay. So it's a self-directed tool. Right. But just in terms of 
the, I mean, I guess this would get kind of into a philosophical question about your thoughts on AI, because some people think machine learning can come to a point where it has some, you know, some sentience or uh, it could, I mean, machine can, there could be error, there could be, it could take a bad turn or, yeah, so I guess. I'm just, yeah, it could. I'm not, yeah. you know, it's not, nothing's 100% never fail proof. I don't think we're at risk of that because ours is really math. Yeah. We're not writing articles. It's not, yeah. it's not, you know, changing opinions. It's yeah. not, it's just simply if this, then that it's mathematics, equation. it's a simple equation, uh, maybe a complex equation. Right. The, the, the risk would be the big risk. You know, I taught because we fall into the alternative investment sure. category yeah. in the traditional space. The real risk would be if I ask this question a mm -hmm. lot: What would happen if Apple, mm -hmm. Facebook, Netflix, Google, and Amazon all went to zero in one day? Well, the market would be in not so good shape. <laughs> I always say, at that point, money no longer I'm matters. You need ammo. Yeah, I mean, and people that's, are going to be, yeah. That's I the mean, risk. Yeah, yeah. I think you said it well. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're in chaos. You don't need yeah. stocks anymore. Yeah. You don't need AI. Right. You go find a gun because you're probably going to need to protect yourself. Yeah. Um, and I say that jokingly, but the, the reality of it is yeah, that's, sure. that's not. Be chaos. Yeah. It would be chaos. Well, I, I love what you were saying about like, uh, you know, you're building essentially like a parallel system, but you it's disrupting the main system. And that is so important because when you talk about things like Amazon, all these big box, you know, if they were to uh, crash or implode or, you know, whatever the, whatever the mechanism may be, but they're to no longer uh, be, then you have, people talk a lot about like wanting a parallel uh, system, a parallel way, but if there's no bridge gap and you're not fighting the, you know, or, disrupting the current system then you really what you're left with is chaos and it doesn't really matter whether or not that chaos that's is, the idea. right yeah that's the idea um we want to avoid that yeah we do <laughs> if we can if people i think people have a very romanticized vision of what you know it would look like but that that chaos is if we can avoid that we want to oh yeah this yeah. isn't hollywood yeah <laughs> we don't all come out shiny and hollywood doesn't even give good. us happy endings anymore exactly that that's the reality of it that that's the world we live in yeah the world we live in and so yeah there's always some risk sure. a black swan event for instance mm -hmm. where something takes a rapid crash in a single day the ai won't help you okay won't help yeah. you it probably won't go to zero but that would be a losing situation. Right. They don't happen very often. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's not a hundred percent risk free all the time, sure. um, but it's where we built something that highly mitigates it. Right. Makes it much safer. And through diversification of smart folios, mm -hmm. you can mitigate risk by sector. Mm -hmm. You can mitigate risk by, you know, type of investing. Mm -hmm. Do you want just dividends? Do you want energy? Do you want tech? Do you want these kinds of things? We mm -hmm. want you to have a little conviction in what you invest in as well. Right. There's no penny stocks, no over the counters. These are all known named companies mm -hmm. that are on our platform. You can pick and choose. You can even build your own mm -hmm. if you want. 
And so the idea is that you have a little conviction in the things you do. You know, yeah. I, I guarantee you all the companies that are in my own personal mm-hmm. smart portfolios, I buy their products. Okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so, and it's none of them that don't take cash. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, that, you know, that's my conviction. Yeah, sure. You know, um, and then, you know, we're just, we're really trying to disrupt. And, you know, on the, on the way we market and the way we're going to about it, yeah. I used to do a lot of teaching for small businesses. Mm-hmm. You know, they make marketing much more complicated than it needs to be. Right. Marketing does one of three things. Mm-hmm. It tells the world that I'm better mm-hmm. than the competition. Right. It tells the world I'm cheaper mm-hmm. than the competition. Right. Or it tells the world that I'm going to make your life easier to do the thing that I'm providing or get the thing. I'm right. the easy button for right. you. All marketing. Watch every TV commercial. Look at every every single banner, every single ad yeah. you see. It's telling you one of those three things. Right. Or all three. If you can do all three, you can disrupt. Yeah. If you can do all three, right. you can disrupt. It's hard to do in big industry. Mm-hmm. You know, how many knockoff video stores were there to Blockbuster before Netflix came along? How many different taxi cab companies were available? Right, before before Uber. Uber came along. Yeah. Better, less expensive, easier. That's the magic sauce to disrupting industry. Yeah. We started with the very beginning mm-hmm. to be better, less expensive, and easier to use. Right. That was the the intention's been to disrupt all along. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I love it because I feel like a lot of people really talk about parallel systems and then all four parallel systems. But if you can't just disrupt the current system, doesn't then, matter. Yeah, you're just going to get siloed and eaten alive. Yeah, you will you get know? siloed and eaten alive. Yeah. And, and we hope that doesn't happen to us. Yeah, yeah. Let's hope not. <laughs> we, we don't want to get eaten alive. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I, I think there's a lot of promise. So hopefully. I like the chances. Yeah, yeah. Well, this has been really fascinating, and I love what you're doing. So if you have anything else you want to add, please do. And of course, tell everybody where they can find you. And find oh, yeah. Um, iflipinvest.com mm-hmm. is the website. Yeah, and how much is it? You have different types different of Different tiers. Okay, different yep. tiers. Okay. So we, we broke it down very to make it super affordable. Okay. Up to $10,000 right. on the platform costs you $7 a month. Okay. That's it. Right. It then scales to 17, 47, 97, all the way up to 147 a month. Okay. Let me put that in. And 147 a month is for accounts over a hundred thousand dollars. Okay. Okay. But that also means you get as many accounts as you want. Mm-hmm. Once you get over fifty thousand dollars on mm-hmm. the platform, right. you can now have your husband or wife's account for free. Your okay. kids, you could put your kids' Roth on there. For free so now there's no fees at all to those other accounts they're completely free is there like a fee or tax implication for rolling over not if you do it right okay so get a hold of us we'll yeah. walk you through it okay we'll walk you through it yeah. because yes there could be a tax if you sold everything right uh you don't want to just sell everything yeah but there may be times in which you do want to sell stuff sure. sometimes a loss is a good thing based on what's going on in the industry sure, and right. being aware of that, mm-hmm. you know, we're not accountants. We don't give tax advice, nor do mm-hmm. we give financial service advice. Okay. We will tell you what the software is designed to do. Right. We'll show you how it does it. We'll teach you how to use it. It's very easy. Short yeah. learning curve, 30 minutes. Okay. 
Okay. Wow. Um, that easy. So even someone who's not very like tech savvy or you can you log know. into email. Okay. You can use our you software. Can do this. Okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> it is that easy. Yeah. So yeah, find us at uh, iflipinvest.com. We've got a YouTube channel, iflipinvest also. Uh, follow us. Come watch a bunch of videos. I'm on lots of that stuff, usually talking about the markets. This was a nice, refreshing conversation <laughs> to, to get to talk about bigger things in the world. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. Well, thank you so much. And thank you all for watching. Thanks. It's almost irresponsible not to try to do some investing and putting your money to work. That's what iFlip is for because you have the artificial intelligence, you have the technology. Why reinvent the wheel? We're not you know, active traders, investors. Our goal is to really ride the wave going up and minimize the loss as it's going down. And iFlip is the only place that we really see that as a possibility. It takes the emotions out of it. For us to be involved in the market, have what is equivalent to a professional money manager for at a cost that is significantly less, takes a weight off my shoulders. Basically the biggest thing that I've learned is that the stock market doesn't have to be scary. This simplifies it, protects you, and allows you to be involved in many different markets depending on the portfolio. It's really actually helped me in my other investments. I've actually gotten out and gotten into cash a lot sooner because the iFlip technology told me to. You know, I have much more money than I had when I first started. I didn't have to go in every day and check. I think the future's bright. Based off of the performance, I haven't found anything out there that's that's better than iFlip. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.